Smaller colleges and universities are starting to close at an alarming rate in the United States. Since 2016, 91 private colleges have closed or merged with another school or talked about their plans to close. A school just up the street from me out in Pennsylvania called Cabrini is merging their campus with Villanova and they will have their last graduating class May of 2024. We're going to see this a lot more in the coming years. Colleges are closing. Why? People are blaming COVID-19. I promise you, that is not why colleges are closing. These small colleges have known they've had a problem for many, many years. Now, they just have to address it. So sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into. You're listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden on the America Out Loud Network. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. As always, www.americaoutloud.com. Check out all of my colleagues' work, over 100 articles and plenty of shows every single week for you to keep you busy, keeping you with America First storylines. Well, I have an America First storyline. It's a crisis here in this country going on right now, and it is uh, on my radar because Cabrini University announced that they are closing their doors. The last graduating class will be next May 2024. Now, why is this of interest to me and what makes me an expert on the topic? Well, in case you didn't know, if you look at my bio, you might realize that I worked in college admissions as well as I taught at Newman University, their very first radio operations class. And during that time that I spent in the admissions office, my specific job was to identify the trends for uh, the admissions funnel figuring out how many people live in a neighborhood based upon census data to try to determine how many students could we expect coming into Newman University the next year. And so I would do this for the vice president of enrollment management, and they'd give that presentation to all the VPs and the president of the college, uh, who was just the sweetest lady, by the way. She passed away, I think, about two years ago. Um, but yeah, she, she did a great job in leading that, that university. And I just, as I get into any type of criticism of what universities do, I want to sing her praises because that woman was looking out for the long-term financial growth of Newman University because she understood these numbers and data because she had somebody like me that was dedicated and designated to getting this data to her desk on a quarterly basis. Well, so what happened? So I was in college admissions between 2003 until 2007. I left college admissions in 2007 uh, when I took a a job as a youth minister. Uh, So that's just a little bit of a background there. But from 2003 to 2007, when I was going in, most of these colleges at the time, which was Newman College, they were shifting from a college status 
to a university status. And the reason for that was when you had students that were coming from overseas, university meant something different than college, and they believed that it would be a more prestigious title. So all of these small Catholic colleges around that time from 2000 uh, until about 2016, 17, they all went through this process, the change from college to university. Cabrini was one of the last to do so. Cabrini got their university status, I believe it was in 2016. And at that point in time, I think the 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 whole concept of, oh, we're going to get a university status and that's going to fix all of our problems. That train had sailed. If, if your president and your team was not already looking at the data and the statistics of the last decade in colleges and paying attention to the student loan debt, we're going to get into all that in just a few moments on today's show. Uh, but you're likely failing. And you probably heard me say at the top, this is the 92nd now, the 92nd small college to close in the United States in just a few years. So what's causing this uh, consolidation? What's causing all of these schools? What, what were they not seeing? Well, the news made it very quick here locally to say, well, you know, based upon COVID, there just wasn't enrollment numbers. That's a cop-out. I'm tired of everything getting blamed on COVID because that's not the truth. Let's talk about the real reason why people aren't going to college. And that is, first and foremost, the cost of a college versus the cost of living when you get out and what type of job you're going to get when you get out with whatever type of job that you're able to get with a liberal arts degree. So at Cabrini University, the tuition alone was $33,845 a year. Uh, actually, last year was 34665 I was looking at last year's. And on top of that, uh, there was an additional $14,724 that would be due for your uh, living cost for your uh, campus uh, food that you're going to get and your residence hall that you're going to live in. So if we add those two numbers up really quickly here, $34,665, that is $49,389 of debt that students are going into just for Cabrini University. Now, if I have an option to go to Villanova or go to Cabrini or go to the University of Delaware here or go to the University of Michigan or any of these larger uh, state colleges that are out there, I'm going to pick the larger state college, Penn State University in Pennsylvania. I think uh, nine out of every 10 college graduates in PA are Penn State graduates. But I'm going to pick that in order to have a better name behind me. And that's not a shot at Cabrini. But that's just kind of pointing out here that these liberal arts colleges, and especially the Catholic liberal arts colleges, they had a niche. They had a niche for getting people to go there and say, well, look, here you're not going to get lost. You're not just going to be a number. You're a person here. There's only 20 students in your classroom. We have an academic resource center. So that way you can uh, continue to learn at the pace that you would like to learn at. We can really personalize and take care of you. And there was a lot of truth that I went to the sales university, which 
just like this conversation, they moved from a college status, which was Allentown College of St. Francis de Sales, and they became the Sales University the year that I graduated. In fact, I have two diplomas. I have a diploma that states Allentown College of St. Francis de Sales with my bachelor's in television and film, and I have a diploma that says the Sales University with my bachelor's in television and film. It's the exact same degree, but they issued it since the three and a half years we spent there were with the college. Now, that was good planning at the time by Father Gambit and Father Bernie O'Connor, who were thinking about, okay, let's do this early on. All these other schools that have been late to the party moving over the universities, they're all going to be closing down. That's the truth of the matter. If you're working at a college or a university right now with a small enrollment number, and when I say a small enrollment number, I'm talking about you know having less than 2,000 students, less than 3,000 students. You're in danger right now of not being viable moving forward. And the reason for this is because the data is showing us that over the last, I guess, 10 to 13 years, undergraduate enrollment has dropped by 15% in the United States. About 2.6 million fewer students are out there. And that was about a 58% decline over the decade before we had a pandemic. Then we had the pandemic and about another 42% declined to enroll in the college between the fall of 2019 and the fall of 2021. So about close to another 1 million students at that point in time dropped away from wanting to go to college. Now, why? Well, if you're in my position, I'm a high school teacher teaching a career education class. I know for a fact my students can study to become HVAC technicians. They can study to become nurses. They can study all these fields that they can earn money right away and not go into $200,000 in debt, which is what a Cabrini University student would be looking at at the end of their college stay. Now, that's not necessarily 100% true because I got to tell you about why college education got so damn expensive. And this is an uncomfortable truth. But it also goes, uh, I, I have the facts on my side on this. So anyone that wants to argue this one with me, please, let's argue. Let's have a good time. Colleges cost so much because the government got involved, period. That is the only reason the college ran away with their uh, spending early on. Now, the reasons get a little bit more complex when we get into the last 15 years because then colleges became a... Uh, needing to promote this ideal of this myth that people gave about a college experience. And so they all built these student centers, extra dorms, and tried to expand way too fast. And they choked themselves with not having the capital to stay open long-term. But let's keep with the first point, the start. How did the government cause colleges the cost too much? Well, when you give a guaranteed loan to somebody, Guaranteed loan. I already know from working in the admissions office what the financial aid office would do. They immediately would say, oh, great, excellent. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, you're going to get a Pell Grant at 3750 I don't even know what it's up to right now. I haven't looked up, but you're going to get a Pell Grant for 3750 free government money. Guess what? Tuition's going up $3,750. When that thing gets increased by another $500, guess what? Tuition's going up another $500 for everybody. Anytime the government guarantees that money is going to be covered for students, the colleges responded by raising their tuition. 
And they did that because they needed to to begin with, to stay viable. But it was free money from the government, which anytime the government gets involved, it pushes the cost up for everybody else. It's the reason why we have the inflation problem we have with Donald Trump and then Joe Biden printing all the stimulus checks for all of us. And it's what got us into the horrible scenario that we are in in 2023. So that's the first part of the perfect storm. The second part was there became a myth about college that you just heard me say about what is the college experience? You go to these small schools and people would be like, oh, it's a suitcase campus. On Fridays, everybody goes home for the weekend. No one's actually on campus and it made it so it wasn't desirable. So what did the colleges do? They put more and more dorms on campus in the hopes that it would attract more people from outside in order to keep everybody on campus. And then they invested more and more money in the student centers where there would be entertainment for the kids that were attending. That all came at a multi-million dollar cost. And they did it creatively. I know that some colleges did it more creative than others. Some were like, you know, we're going to mortgage this off for the next 40 years to make sure we're not hit with this bill right up front. Others got great uh, donations from alumni to make it happen. And then you have colleges that were just trying to keep up with the Joneses. And when they tried to keep up with the Joneses, that's where they mortgaged the future of their college and the reason why so many are closing right now. And then we get into the other ugly truth, student loan debt. It is a problem in this country. When you have something that's going to cost you what I more than I bought my very first home for in this country, you know, if you're $200,000, I got into my first home for $100,000. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a major problem, right? No one can afford to go into that type of debt and be able to buy a car, be able to buy a home, even rent a home, pay all their bills, their cell phone, and then even try to go out to have dinner. That's just the reality of where things are for most of our college graduates. And so that might make you think that I would say we should just forgive student loan debt. <laughs> well, you should have listened to what I just said. I said the government already created this problem. So no, I don't believe that we should just forgive student loan debt because we're way past that moment. That will just create more and more inflation for all of us. And guess what? The Supreme Court is going to be deciding that as early as today, we might actually hear whether or not that is constitutional, what Joe Biden proposed or is not. That was being challenged. And we should have a ruling by the end of this week because the Supreme Court sounds like they're going to be ruling on a lot. Maybe I'll cover that on tomorrow's show a little bit more. Then you have the fourth thing. Students are being told now the college is not that important. They're being told by the people that are hiring, you can get paid a very good salary without a college degree. Well, why am I going to go get a college degree if I don't want to be a doctor, a lawyer, or an educator? Because there are some of the main fields, the health professions that you'd want to go to college for. You want to become a philosopher? Read some books on philosophy, Right philosophers, psychology majors, they're some of the lowest paying. Matter of fact, back in 2007, when I was leaving Newman University, the number one employer of a psychology major was Best Buy. Yes, Best Buy. And so that was the other part. People don't realize that you go into some of these fields, you need to have a master's degree or a PhD. And so just going to get that liberal arts degree in theology or philosophy, going to get that liberal arts degree in uh, some type of poetry studies, uh, romanticism, that was a bunch of bullcrap that only puts you further in debt. That's not to mean that we don't need good philosophers. That's not to mean we don't need good theologians. I'm not picking on anybody for that. 
but don't tell me you were hoping to get rich by being a theologian. Don't tell me you were hoping to be rich by becoming yet another psychology major. That's not even a psychologist, not even a counselor. You got to go to school for more than that. See, there are consequences to our decisions for what we are studying. We have to understand there is a long-term plan for all of this. And so now we have yet another school that is closing Cabrini. When I come back after the break, I'm going to tell you some other trends that are causing the enrollment decline right now, causing a different landscape in higher ed, the financial challenges that are going to close likely some colleges across this country that have been open for many, many years. They're not going to make it. All right, everybody, we're going to take a break right here. Make sure you go to americaoutloud.com. Check out all of our sponsors. We got the Genesis HOCL Fogger. They have the Atomizer. It's a small little unit. You just plug it in, set it, forget it. It helps rid the room of bacteria and viruses. It's completely pet safe and children friendly to breathe in as it's cleaning your air. It's an all natural product, and I highly recommend it. You can go to www.genesisfogger.com backslash outloud to get a discount on yours right now you're listening to america emboldened with greg bolden on the america out loud network we know you love the versatility and portability of the genesis fogger but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it well we heard you introducing the ux4 hocl atomizer this stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces with over a quarter million units sold in japan it's now available in the united states Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative things. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, Bold American. Second half of the show, we're talking about the decline in college enrollment and how more and more small universities and colleges will be closing in this country because it's a perfect storm that cannot be stopped. I'm going to read you the joint statement that Cabrini just put out with Villanova University. This is what they said. They said, in a shifting and increasingly difficult higher ed landscape, Cabrini University like so many colleges and universities, has faced significant financial challenges stemming from declining enrollment, the pandemic, and economic uncertainty. Despite efforts to improve revenue streams and changes to the leadership and academic ranks, Cabrini's operating deficit remained insurmountable. 
with all other possible options exhausted and having determined that they must conclude their operations, Cabrini University initiated discussions with Villanova around a plan that would preserve Cabrini's legacy and mission and honor the original intention for the Cabrini campus to promote opportunities in Catholic education. As neighboring Catholic institutions connected by our aligned faith-based missions, the boards of Villanova and Cabrini universities have approached in principle an agreement that will preserve Cabrini's history, mission, ministry, and legacy after the school graduates its final class in May 2024 and concludes operations. So here's what they agreed to. Now I'm going to point out before I read this, there is a school in Dover, Delaware named Wesley. They closed, and those students, basically, if you weren't a graduate, you got shown the door. Uh, They were trying to get something long-term, an agreement with Delaware State University and other places, but a lot of those people had to find a new college to attend. So let's see what they are planning for their classes. Cabrini will continue the 2023 academic year as planned for the incoming freshman, sophomore, and junior classes and see its class of 2024 through the graduation with a robust set of course offerings and a focus on celebrating its history, mission, ministry, and legacy. Now, wait a minute. May 1st is the deadline to commit to colleges nationally. That's where financial aid, everything needs to kind of get set in stone. Can you imagine being a freshman, an incoming freshman? You just graduated from high school. You're looking for the going the Cabrini and you read this statement and you know that it's going to be a one year commitment, but don't worry. It's a robust set of courses and offerings. I mean, how fast do you think I'd be on the phone for my children saying, I need my money back and I need to call another college and find out where my kid can go? I mean, this is a really bad situation there. It then says Cabrini and Villanova will share counseling and resources to support Cabrini students throughout the academic year to develop individualized transfer plans, enabling them to complete their degrees as well as support Cabrini faculty and staff in identifying potential employment opportunities. Once Cabrini operations conclude, Villanova will assume ownership of the land. You know what I don't hear in that? I don't hear Villanova saying, Cabrini students, you're going to become Villanova students because that's not what is going to happen because the standards at Cabrini are completely different than the standards to get into Villanova. That's the truth. Villanova will preserve Cabrini University's legacy both in name and in the continuation of some of the institution's most impactful work in education, nursing, service, immigration, and the advancement of women. Oh, great. Excellent. The advancement of women. (laughs) You got to love when you put the woke part into all of that because all schools should be advancing women, men. Everybody, that's the point. Anyway, I continue on. It says discussions are ongoing in good faith and grounded in mutual respect for both communities. Once a definitive agreement has been reached, we will have more information to share. Helen Drinan, president of Cabrini University, and Father Dunahue, the president of Villanova University. Now, let me tell you about Cabrini. Let me tell you about the, the admissions funnel and the ugly truth behind it. Back when I was accepting students to Newman University, I was always a bit shocked at the way they did the academic awards. Now, I cannot speak for how Newman does things here in 2023 compared to 2007 when I left or some of these other colleges. And I had friends working at all these other Catholic small colleges. And I know that this is the admissions funnel uh, throughout the country. I don't know what they're doing right now. So I don't have a current practice, but we would have a admissions rubric that we would look at the GPA, SAT scores or ACT scores. And we'd look at the rubric and we would create an admissions letter or a denial letter 
based upon uh, what your GPA SATs were, which shouldn't surprise anybody. But there's a part of this that I think is going to shock everyone. When we did that, we would build in a tuition discount. And so the tuition discount would be the highest with the people with the 3.5 and a very good SAT score. Then the admissions discount would go lower for a 3.0. And then at a 2.5, it would be a very modest tuition discount. Here's the ugly truth that existed at Newman and everywhere else. The money that you were receiving, they could have just lowered the tuition by $7,500. And that was the actual cost to go to the school. It was a marketing scam in order to make you feel really good about the money that you got. Unless you got like a full ride because you were the top at your class and the college really wanted you, you got scammed into thinking that the college cost $38,000, but I got a $10,000 award. You didn't get a $10,000 award. It actually only cost $28,000 to run the college. But if they put it at that number, then the operational budget, there's always going to be people that have like a 2.2 that don't get any money, but they're going to pay that full price and they're going to pay for the people that were smarters education. That's the truth of the matter. So now that was always the really crazy part. You get a kid that has like a, a 2.0 and 800 on the SATs, which was without the writing section, really, really bad scores that likely would not get into some of the larger universities and colleges. These smaller Catholic colleges were happy to take them. Why were they happy to take them? Because they could charge the full $38,000 financial aid would handle the rest, government-backed loans. And so it was almost predatory in some ways because the parents would be so proud to be like, oh, my kid finally got into college. At least they got into somewhere. And I would actually get phone calls like that. I'm so glad this was their last option. No one else took them. But yet we took them. And we took them because from a dollars and cents perspective, it made sense. And don't get me started on the kids with a 1.8 and under an 800. The kids that basically had straight D's with a few C's in high school and they got into college. A lot of those kids never made it out of their freshman year, but they paid their tuition for the first part. See, that is the ugly truth about small liberal arts colleges and Catholic colleges. That's the ugly truth that I experienced. And no one, and like I said, want to come on, you want to debate me that this didn't happen. I think I still have some of the receipts to this day from it. I don't have any non-disclosure agreements signed. I'm sure I can talk completely open about what happened in the admissions process from 2003 to 2007 in PACAC, which was the Pennsylvania Area Catholic Schools Association. And we all are, PACAO, I think it was called. I called it PACAC. And we all would tour together and we'd go out to all these different high schools and we'd talk to all the kids trying to get them to come to the school. Because at the end of the day, we had to get 525 new freshmen in to make sure that our budget would be sustainable for the next four years. That's the truth. And so you want to know why we got into this problem? We got into this problem because we marketed college the same way that people market jeans to you, the same way that they get you to buy products. They offer you a discount that's not really a discount. They have the people that are underperforming pay for the people that are overperforming. And you got shook down by all this. Maybe I should have talked up about this a long time ago. I thought about writing a book about it at one point in time. But I didn't want to get my name put on some type of list like, you know, I'm telling trade secrets back then. But I feel like I'm 
I'm in a good spot in my life. I can talk about this stuff now. I can finally just be completely open and upfront with everybody about what those practices look like and the reason why we've gotten in so much trouble with uh, what's going on in colleges. Now, we talked about the affordability issue. We talked about the student debt crisis that's going on. We've talked about the college enrollment declining over the last decade. Can we talk about campus politics? You heard me kind of allude to it when it says we're advancing uh, women's opportunities. Here's the reason why that bothers me at this point in time. For the people that continue to say, well, we got to continue to advance women's opportunities. They obviously have not been paying attention to college campuses for the past 20 years. 60% 20 years ago were female versus 40% male going to college to get an education. That number had only increased over the last 20 years to 2023. I believe it's almost seven out of every 10 graduates of college now are female. The opportunities for women at this point in time are far greater than the opportunities for men. Men are falling behind. Men are less likely to graduate from high school. I covered this on a show just a few weeks ago, but I didn't tie it into the college conversation. But now we have campus politics and we have professors in this country that are going woke. I know the right likes to say you go woke, you go broke. I don't like to use that as a type of a slogan, but it's really what's happening. Colleges are getting a bad, bad uh, press of being indoctrination centers for an ideology. And I feel bad for that because I knew a ton of absolutely phenomenal professors at both where I've gone to college uh, at the sales university, as well as when I took classes at Newman university in the pastoral care and counseling program, they were phenomenal teachers that were not trying to indoctrinate me whatsoever. So I did not see that specifically in my education, but I also graduated in 2001 from college. So it's very possible that maybe it's more prevalent now in the American system, but I don't think it's that prevalent. It's just, we have social media that's able to cover it so much more that people see it and they, they report it back. But yeah, when you have a press machine, that's telling you that, Hey, you can only think like a leftist. If you go to this college campus, well, right-leaning people are going to stop going there. And if you have uh, these Catholic colleges where people are like, you know what? I don't believe in Catholic education anymore because of the crises that happened throughout this country in dioceses with abuse. You're not going to have people on the right going to these Catholic colleges anymore. They're not going to believe in what is there. I still would love for my kids to go to where I went to college. It was a great experience. I hope it's still a great experience when they're getting there. But the favorability towards college by party, there was a Pew Research Center, which Pew is awesome with their statistics. They really are. That's not a left or right leaning organization. That's what I, what I enjoy about Pew. They do a lot of religious research as well. But according to a study done, uh, Democrats still favored college education in 2019 by about 67%. Republicans only favored college by about 33%. Go back to 2010, and they were almost identical at 65 and 58% favoring colleges. So Republicans, college has fallen out of favor with the Republican Party. 
they don't believe in that part of education. Well, guess what? If you're a small Catholic college, a lot of your people are going to be Republican. Why? Because Catholics normally are a little bit more founded on the side of the morality of code and traditionalism than people on the left. Not to say there's not a such thing as a left Catholic. I'm just saying that that's going to hurt the enrollment numbers as well. So what to do in all of this? Well, had you asked me this question several years ago, and there are people that had asked me this question, actually, I've had this conversation with a number of individuals. I told you, it's going to be time for pain for a lot of Catholic universities and colleges. I didn't realize that the time was going to be so soon. I thought it was going to be like probably another five, six, seven years down the road but the time's now. And so if you're working at a small Catholic college and university, the things that you can do to protect yourself right now is to change the method of finances. Where can you cut cost? Do you have a building that got built that can be rented out and created in a way that's bringing in revenue for students to lower your cost? It's time to do that. Uh, can you rent out your gym so high schools can have their games in a larger gymnasium? Uh, can you get your sporting fields rented out so that way you can offset some of your cost? Can you do conferences in some of your buildings on the weekends? Do you have a dorm that you could put up at those conferences and people so that way they could pay almost like a, uh, a hotel? for you to stay. These are all things that colleges are going to have to do rather quickly if they want to try to stay in business. Now for the sales university where I went to college, like I said, I know for a fact they took out these 40 year loans and they mortgaged things far into the future. Very, very smart and wise. But now it's going to be, how do you continue to lower the cost of tuition? How do you do more with less. And that's likely going to mean look at your majors and figure out what majors can we strengthen to get more students and what majors can we let go because we're only getting 16, 15 graduates a year for this degree. I think that's all very important. And then create partnerships to job pathways. I can't say this enough. Like when I graduated from college, there was not a clear-cut job pathway afterwards. We're already doing it at the high school level. Colleges need to get working on this immediately. Find out a way that, like I have a, a friend who got his degree in accounting, and he had a job lined up by St. Joe's University immediately at the end of his junior year, and that worked directly into a job immediately afterwards. Great job by St. Joe's University in figuring out how to serve your students so that way they're not saddled with debt, but rather looking at the fact that they're going, hey, I have a path to pay this debt back because of the degree that I earned with you. Find the value added. And the last part I would say, if you're still a predatory place, like I had worked before, where you're making the people with a 1.8 pay that full tuition and the people below are getting a tuition discount, but it's not really a scholarship, fix it fix it immediately. And what I mean by that is what your tuition is, is what your tuition is. You want to give people a true scholarship, go right ahead. 
But if it's going to be a numbers game, we're going to be like, hey, now I need 15 people over here. So let's hope we get a couple more and keep offering admission standards until they get in. Eventually, you're going to fall out of favor with society on that. So yeah, we have a college and university crisis of epic proportions in this country. And Cabrini, just the next one the fall. Hopefully Villanova can do something in order to take some of their best students and get them into Villanova University. Uh, but my heart is going out to all those students that were scheduled to become sophomores and juniors this year. And really, if you're going to be a freshman, I highly recommend you look into other options immediately and start finding those strong other small co colleges that might be hungry for another 20 to 30 students. And I'm sure there will be people out there ready to take you. I'll get back with some of the headlines tomorrow, but I just thought this was an important show for anybody that has somebody that's going off the college or is interested in how it works. And I hope that you enjoyed the perspective and my experiences that I had in higher education today. As always, you can follow me at real Greg Bolton. You have something you want to say about today's episode, come join me over there or email me Greg at America and And also go to my website, America and where there's a way that you can support the show. You can buy me a cup of coffee and help support what I do here on the network. If you didn't get a chance last week to listen to my interview with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, it is up in video form uh, with a really kind of a cool little intro to the show and everything right on my Twitter page as well. And just a special thank you for Dr. McCullough, who's on this network with the McCullough Report. Also talking to Malcolm with Pulse not checking out his work, make sure you do. He's been dedicated to protecting your medical rights and giving you medical freedom of information for the last several years. And it's appreciated. All right, everybody, that's it. That's all. You've been listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden here on the America Out Loud Network. Be bold, America. Uh -huh.